Vecna here. Just a disclaimer. Neither of your hosts on Binged and Unhinged work for or are affiliated with Netflix or Stranger Things in any way. These are Sky and Emily's opinions, not that of Netflix. Hold on to your Vecnesses. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Binged and Unhinged, a podcast where we deep dive into our fandom hyperfixations. I'm Emily. And I'm Sky. And this season, we are delving into the one and only Stranger Things. Woo-woo. Woo-hoo. All right. Well, I guess we can start off with introductions. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Go for it. Tell me all about yourself. Okay. I'm just going to follow your list you have here. So okay. my name is Sky. Um, I am, I just turned 30. Yay. Um, my <laughs> pronouns are she, her. Um, I do nothing. It says what we do. I do nothing. <laughs> I'm a stay-at-home mom. You know, I was thinking you'd like talk about, you know, you like like write really good books and stuff. Oh. But you know, <laughs> nothing is also good. Oh, I write books <laughs> in my spare time. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Uh, oh yeah, my book comes out hopefully in October. We'll see. We'll um, see. <laughs> and my favorite fandoms. Ooh, good question. Stranger Things currently is all i can think about uh akatar Mm -hmm. and anything old and retro i guess okay there you go now for you (laughs) all right so my name is emily um i am 22 soon to be 23 i'm getting old uh (laughs) my pronouns are she her um i am a content creator on tiktok an aspiring content creator um and i um am very very much into books and stranger things i do a lot of reading i read a lot of um queer books and do recommendations on them um yeah my life is otherwise not very exciting (laughs) awesome i also like books too i didn't mention that i have a book talk account and i didn't mention (laughs) this is taking an amazing Oh, God. <laughs> already um okay so the next point is why did we start this podcast what's it all about yeah what was our podcast journey the podcast journey <laughs> the podcast journey was me going uh well both of us mutually going we're obsessing over eddie munson we should start a podcast where we obsess over eddie munson except record it and put it on the internet <laughs> yeah yeah that was about it it was like it got to the point where we were just discussing it so often and um I was doing so much research about stranger things that we were like yeah we should actually do something with (laughs) all this information we have yes and uh record it and put it on the internet for everyone to see (laughs) yeah yeah so that everyone can judge our uh, tastes (laughs) and there you go (laughs) and to preface it won't always just be about stranger things but i think we're gonna get into that at some point yes yeah um so yeah so that kind of segues into like the next point which is what we're covering this season so we're starting with stranger things season four we're jumping straight to season four um and we're going to circle back to seasons one through three later on um oh season four is like hot and in right now so yeah like all of the theories are actively developing and all of the news is actively developing so it just made sense to start with season four yes so 
And with that, we must give the caveat that if you are listening to this and you haven't watched all of season four, all the way through volume two, this is going to be full of spoilers. You're going to be emotionally destroyed. Yes. And this might need to be your stopping point because I think we're about to get into the show. Yes. Yes. So So, stop now. Come back. Go watch it. Come back. Come back. Or or don't go watch it. Don't go watch it and then come back for season two when we discuss something else. There you go. (laughs) Um, so then the next point is what are our favorite things about the show? I will let you go first. Okay. So and I won't read yours, so I won't be influenced. (laughs) So um I guess like my some of my favorite things about the show so I've always been obsessed with the 80s this is a mutual thing between us is our um little bit of growing up in the wrong era yes um I've always loved 80s film 80s music um just the general aesthetic I love 80s style um like half my wardrobe looks like an 80s mom's closet um me So, like, the show already has props there with the um, setting and how well they do the setting. Um, I love that they reimagine all of these, like, classic films that I already love and bring in all these, like, nerdy things, like, like music and D&D and all that stuff. Like, it's so much fun. Um, and also, like, the character work is incredible. Like, it's yeah. so good. I would say, if, if I mean, if I'm doing the same talking point as you which is my favorite things about the show. I would say my top favorite thing, which is so random, is uh, wardrobe. Oh, really? Um, uh, I mean, music is good too, but I would say wardrobe just because it's so good. Like it, sometimes when you watch things that like are supposed to be a different time period. So the eighties, for example, if you watch a movie that's like set in the eighties, sometimes they only put the actors like in what would be cool. Mm-hmm. for that time period what I like about Stranger Things is that they put them in what they actually would have been wearing so yes. like my mom references a lot that Will would have been like a social a social what is the word like a social pariah like he yeah. he dresses <laughs> so bad like the bowl cut and everything oh Mike too <laughs> yeah. she talks about Mike all the time she's like oh those shorts oh he would have been made fun of so bad um, so <laughs> So I think that's what I like about the show is like they're genuinely not cool and I love that. Yeah so. I I would agree that's that's a very good point like bringing up the like realness of it I guess. Yeah. Because that's like one of the things that they do so well is like making it so accurate to the times and like the characters it's so cool. Yes I love it so much. I love it. So I kind of wanted to talk about generally for the show like what makes it work so well because it's not just us like that are obsessed with this like this show is like such a phenomenon and it has been since it came out like Stranger Things genuinely changed the television industry completely because it was first in Netflix's first show that like was it the first show it's not their first show but it's the first like sorry that was bad wording (laughs) no it's their first show that like was overnight successful like this like stranger things came out and it just like revolutionized television basically because it was on a streaming website it like was basically like the intro to like 
binge watching actually is my understanding from all of the research that I've done when the hell um, you say that I really I'm like that is I feel like Stranger Things might be the first show that I ever like sat down and actually binge watched yeah other than like The Office like I used to watch The Office over and over again but yeah yeah so it's like but still like The Office was a thing that was like a weekly thing that came out until the show was done you know yeah that's true and, and like with Stranger Things they drop a season in one night and you're like okay well I'm gonna let's watch go I guess buckle up <laughs> get get comfy because we'll be here for a while yeah yeah literally so like it's interesting to look at it because it really is like such an interesting phenomenon and i the cast talks about this a lot where they're like this was not expected and all of a sudden it just like totally changed things so i wonder do you have any thoughts on like what you think makes the show work so well and why it became such a like a weird global phenomenon i think it for me it I think it brings generations together Mm. so in one way it's like so our parents generation so I I, I'm pretty sure our parents were in this similar generation you said your parents grew up in the 80s so did Mm -hmm. mine so there for them it's like nostalgia Um, and then you have the group in between which is like Mm -hmm. us so for us it's more of like oh I wish I could have been there the music's really great blah 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 and then you have even younger kids so like my son who watches it and he's like oh the games the D. i think there's just so much like um pop culture that came out of the 80s that mm-hmm. resonates with so many people and i think that maybe that's why it does so well is that yeah. it just it hits different for different people that's true that's a good point because i mean on in the same vein it follows the storyline of characters of all of those different ages that you literally just talked about like we have the kids we have the teens to now adults which is wild um and then we have like hopper joyce murray all of those yeah i didn't even put two and two together (laughs) like i i was i it came together in my brain as you were as you were talking and i was like oh that makes sense Yeah, so I guess when you put it like that, too, then you have that in the show, too. So then it's like, it all wraps up together. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. It's just, like, so interesting the way that it, like, just became so popular so fast. Like, because I remember it came out. I was, it came out in 2016, so I would have been 16 years old when it came out the first season. I remember watching it right after it came out because everybody was talking about it. And then, like, it's just, like, the seasons are far apart for which irks me i just have to say it irks me (laughs) to no end yeah Um, the 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 fact that i have to wait until 2024 for the next one absolutely grinds my gears i know i know i feel it i don't know it's just cool though that they like are able to hold their fan base and audience for that though because like when season two came out day came out i was watching it truly day came out and it was the same way for season three and it's just like so interesting that they're able to like hold that kind of yeah have that choke hold on because you know off the top of my head I can't think of another show that could go on a hiatus for two to three years to however long they went on their hiatus for COVID too I can't think of another show that would still have their fan base and like break Netflix the day it comes out yeah yeah it's it's so it's so wild there's literally no other show like it it's so interesting 
like I I don't know it's it's interesting because it continues to like progressively get more popular too like as time goes on like this season is obviously the most successful one yet which is why everyone's freaking out about it oh yeah because we're about to get into why yeah yep here shortly (laughs) yeah so let's talk about this season okay Um, so we we are going to take a break in about seven minutes but let's you start off talking about this season and then we'll take a break yeah so the show really became a solidified thing that I was obsessed with in season three um however I didn't have the uh outlet of social media for it at the time um, when season three came out three years ago so it was like this personal thing that I held in my chest where I was like I love Steve Harrington (laughs) the hair Steve the hair Steve the hair Harrington um and like I I was so obsessed with that season and then I could never talk about it now season four season four comes out we get introduced to some some choice characters <laughs> um and one in Marty particular blushing. yeah I know <laughs> you know right um one in particular that the internet ourselves included um is obsessed with just obsessed with who who is it who is it tell me edward the freak munson our (laughs) lord and savior our lord and savior eddie munson oh Um, my god i'm smiling from ear to ear i can't literally i know i know this this is he's the true reason for the podcast really really not just stranger things (laughs) because like he i i like to um affectionately refer to it as the eddie munson phenomenon i love that it sounds so official (laughs) yeah i have never seen anything like this before in all of my years i've I've been like heavily involved in fandom since i was 12 years old and i have never seen anything like this and see okay for me i'm i'm quite a bit older and the only thing i can liken it to is and you can't even the only close is twilight is robert pattinson in twilight Mm. That is about the only thing I could liken, like, the phenomena of, like, everyone being obsessed with the same person at the same time and their character at the yeah. same time. And that was, a, that was what, 2008, oh, God. I think. Um, so that that's the ago. last time <laughs> I can remember something like that happening, honestly. So. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Um this this thing with eddie munson like the season itself is really great it is but and we know <laughs> I want to talk about <laughs> but like we know that the duffer brothers and the show writers are like masters of character work like they're incredible at character development they've done it for so many years now like what seven years or something and that quick math in my head but yeah i don't know they right. started in 2016 however many years since 2016 <laughs> but like what they did with eddie munson is crazy like it's phenomenal and in on surface level you don't think much about it but since you and i have both deep dove into it it's kind of a bit more deeper than that like it's not just like oh he's he's cute and he's funny it's more than that there's more to it it is more than that so um do you want to take take a little break and then we can get into yes and our our journey with eddie munson (laughs) our journey stay tuned for the journey of our lord and savior eddie munson 
And welcome back. We took a short hiatus. Um, <laughs> for them, it's to reassess. Like, <laughs> for them, it's literally just like a two-second audio clip. <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be something like bleep, 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 bleep. Our great hiatus. We're back. <laughs> okay, so we promised the goods and we brought the goods. We're going to talk about Eddie Munson. Um, so in my notes, all I have here for number one, and I'm still cackling about it, is these are my reasons why Eddie is like the perfect character. What we were saying before, like they do such good character development, you know, et cetera, et cetera. These are my reasons why Eddie is such a great character. Um, reason number one, he's hot as fuck. Um, and do you, should I say what I wrote? (laughs) above it and below it hit me okay give me give me i already told you but i feel like the 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 listeners might need this beautiful uh Mm -hmm. moment here Mm -hmm. um the hose gonna love this (laughs) uh, is written above he's hot as fuck and below it in parentheses is he pulls bitches um so do you have any thoughts (laughs) okay yes First of all, um, <laughs> I the, the pulling bitches is so funny to me based on the recent content that we got. Um, <laughs> I think that's why I wrote that. The room tour that we received, there were some inter- there was some interesting memorabilia yes. <laughs> in the man's room. The man is for being the town freak. He he do be pulling bitches, uh, <laughs> which according and there's going to be with stranger things there's going to be a lot of references to my mother so just stay tuned for his reputation in the town and for who he was as a person my mom said canonically in the 80s he would not have pulled bitches yes (laughs) but that just may be her biased point of view but i think he would have okay do we want to break this down because i can analyze this (laughs) We can go ahead. Break okay. It okay. So, how how is Eddie Munson pulling bitches as the town freak? So Hawkins is a small town in Indiana. Mm. Um, if if the listeners out there um, read fanfic, and sorry if you're from Indiana. <laughs> sorry if you're from Indiana. Um, I see this common thread in fanfic. Um, just follow my train of thought here. I'm, I'm going somewhere. See this common thread in fanfic um, where Hawkins is close enough to Indianapolis mm-hmm. that it's like trips fictional town of Hawkins. Yeah, it's yeah. like so, two hours away from Indianapolis. I think I see. Yeah, I see so much discourse about how far away this imaginary town of Hawkins is from Indianapolis. Um, but that's where I my thought is okay. Where's where's our dear Eddie Munson pulling bitches? It's got to be the Indianapolis music scene, right? Oh, one hundred percent. Like, like it has gotta to have, be. He's got to have an end somewhere there. That's where it's, it's got to be. It's either there, and I have to think that also. Let's think about this too. Is he has these items? I don't know if we want to say spoil spoiler alert what items he has in his room i think i think we can because we're later going to break down what is in his room anyway okay for further so analysis he, the man has condiments in his room <laughs> and metal magazines now i'm not specifying what kind of bitches he's pulling uh whether that be male or female um but here's my thing 
is, is he going all the way to Indianapolis and bringing them all the way back and then having to take them all the way back? This is a great question. So is he pulling them all from Hawkins? That's a question too. Okay. Okay. Here's another argument you can make. Here's another, here's another, this is just us making head cannons now. Um, <laughs> here's a, here's another thing. He is the town drug dealer. That's true. So like, I mean, there is an amount of, uh, he does say that flattery, flattery works, works on, him. on him to Chrissy in episode one. Get that, that. What did he give her? A 25% discount? Yeah, something like that. $15 for an ounce of weed or something. Uh, Edward, <laughs> that is prostitution. <laughs> that is not okay. Oh, no. I'm just <laughs> okay. He is a drug prostitute. No, I'm just He's kidding. A- <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So the, we've just, we've determined the man is hot. Yeah. And he is at some point pulling. He's bitches. hot. He pulls bitches of some kind and the hoe's gonna love this. The hoe's gonna love this. Why is he hot? Let's let's unpack that because we've got a lot of different character styles in this show. We've got we've got the little like preppy situation with like with preppy moment. We've got like we've got the like intellectual preppy with Nancy. We've got the like nerd with all of the children. We've got the like we've got Max who's got the like And then we have the hair who is just <sighs> He's basically, like, if you've ever heard the song, I think it's from the 80s too, Jack and Diane. He's the very... Uh, yes, I love that song. <laughs> he's the very, he's the all-American boy, if, if he you He is. He's, he's the preppy all-American boy. He's the basketball star. He's, yeah. he's the king of Hawkins High. There you so, go. So what's so different about Eddie Munson, though? Like... He's bad. <laughs> he's bad. He's... That's my first thought, is he's that he's the bad boy. Yeah, I mean, and if we look at his character design, one of my favorite things, I've, I have talked to you about this in length. I've, I've talked at you about this in length because I never shut up. <laughs> is his character design and the journey of his character design is so interesting to me. And we can break this down into like multiple things, like either queer coding or just general information about his character design. But it is yeah. so good and detailed. It is. And that leads into my next point which is he's insanely likable yes so i so likable because like i think even in that first moment when you see him so like when you hear that first line the devil has come to america or however he says it or whatever oh my god (laughs) instantly i'm in love with this person and i'm like who is he why is why do i like him so much and I would be interested to hear your thoughts because I think I've gotten a quite a few differing opinions on that. Like interesting. Okay. My mom initially, again with my mother. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the like I love the like source that's from like the actual time period. So I love I love the references. Yeah. And like she totally would have been okay with like metalheads and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it, she would have been fine. She initially did not like Eddie. She's okay with him now. She's watched all the season now. She likes him now. In that first moment, like in that first, like where he's kind of, he's kind of being a little bit assholey to the kids. Yes. She didn't like him in that moment. She liked him more like once you saw his interaction with Chrissy and how he like bumped into her and then was like, I'm sorry, did I scare you? You know, like Mm -hmm. 
you saw more of a human side of him at first he's kind of like he's kind of a dick so why is he so likable why is he so insanely likable is my question i can i can break this down with evidence (laughs) break Um, it down okay so for my personally why he is so likable to me is that he is so over the top like you have him his first scene he's walking across tables he's like the dramatic like I love it like the like the whole the whole thing like the energy is so different from anything that we've seen in the entire show before and he is a character that I think is incredibly relatable Mm -hmm. in certain ways and, and and more so admirable because like I think we all have those qualities where it's over the top and like really into nerdy shit and like extreme style like the like the metal style like that kind of thing where it's like really difficult for us to actually express that and here we have Eddie Munson who straight off the bat to a whole entire school of people is like completely just he has no fear yeah he has in that in that way yeah yeah it's 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 interesting that his way of I guess like his his character is embracing all of the things that people hate about him and I love which is yeah it's so cool now on a more like I guess proven side of things a lot of why he's so likable goes into Joseph Quinn's character work I can talk at length yes (laughs) because we need to we need to uh kind of like sway back because you were telling me I didn't know this before you told me that he got the part from that cafeteria scene audition yes yes so his whole like casting journey is really interesting none of the other cast is like this um and I should preface this by saying um I'm very into for the listeners out there I'm very into um like watching interviews and learning facts about shows um it's a hobby of mine where I just like learn interview listen to interviews and read interviews which again I, I'll say thank you because it ain't me because <laughs> I would go down that hole and I would never come out it's bad I've probably at this point just for Stranger Things season four and like the all of this research I've probably done upwards of 30 hours of interviews um <laughs> it's so bad so I've I have pieced together the entire timeline of filming casting the whole nine yards for Joseph Quinn's season four journey um yeah so what I figured out so in in November of 2019 <laughs> uh, you're bringing out years like I'm bringing out the, the year stats, the month stats. <laughs> oh my god he's he's so interesting where okay so we can look at the other new cast members so Jamie Campbell Bauer for example he plays Vecna I'm fucking obsessed with Jamie Campbell Bauer but um yes, he, he went yeah he went through like two months of auditions he did a bunch of different takes um different tapes sorry um did a bunch of different scripts from different things uh joseph quinn (laughs) he i the daffer brothers were um looking for an eddie for a long long time they were looking for an eddie for months um joseph quinn comes around he puts in one tape the his only tape that like his first tape was the cafeteria scene um that's so wild to me yeah yeah he didn't do any other like he didn't do tapes from other things it was just straight from 
the show. He sent it in. He got a call like almost immediately. And they said, can you send one more tape? He did one more. He sent it in and they were like, you got the part, which is unheard of. That's like high school level, like part getting, if if that makes any sense. Yeah. And like, I would say that Joseph Quinn is not a, he's not a well-known actor. I didn't know who he was until. I didn't know his name, but I remember seeing him in things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was not obsessed with him until now. (laughs) If that makes any sense. Yeah. But I I, knew, I knew of his face. I didn't mm -hmm. know who he was though. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know. It's just wild that he was cast so quickly without even like, a, like this is his breakout role. But like the, what the Duffer brothers have said in a bunch of interviews, they're fucking obsessed with him. First of all, they are, they are obsessed with him. As you should be. <laughs> as you should be, as the rest of us are. <laughs> They've said in a bunch of interviews, the reason that it took them so long to find an Eddie and why they were so excited about Joseph Quinn is that everyone who auditioned, every other person that they watched tapes for made Eddie's character incredibly unlikable and Mm -hmm. joseph quinn differed the reason that they gave him the part and the reason that they gave him the part so quickly is because he made eddie's character likable and it's so interesting that that, yeah that's so interesting that the table scene and the cafeteria scene is what he auditioned with and they were like you make this character someone that people are going to love yeah because so that brings back to like how my mom said watching that cafeteria scene she didn't like him Mm mm-hmm even though, like, I think the resounding answer from everyone else on the internet is we love him. And yeah, I loved him from the moment he started talking in that yeah. scene. Um, but I think it's pretty amazing that, like, for the most part, they were right. Like, it's like, I could see how the lines he's saying and the things he's doing in that scene could come off as unlikable if it was someone else. Yeah, but it's I, like the way he does it makes it likable. Yeah, I can also see it as well. Just because of the interaction with the kids, I can see that because like, I think there was a lot of buildup with the kids where they were like, oh my gosh, like Eddie's going to be so mad that Lucas isn't coming to yeah, they, the last part of the campaign. I, yeah. I think there's a lot of buildup to like, oh my God, this guy's going to be like crazy unhinged. And he is crazy unhinged, but not like that, you know? But like, not in the way that they're leading you to believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yeah. more of like he's just very passionate about the D campaign yeah yeah not yeah. actually mean so yeah and i can also see where coming from a person the perspective of somebody who is older like more middle-aged it's a little bit more difficult to find a character like that likable because from my perspective yeah. i see this character who's like who's like fuck all you people and you're like obsession with parties and popularity and all this stuff like I have something that I genuinely care about that's like something that's nerdy and also something that I'm into yeah he has like his own strict set of hobbies Mm -hmm. and he's passionate about them yeah and he's not gonna let anyone else make him feel bad for liking the things that he likes yeah yeah and I think I relate to that personally just because in high school I remember feeling like oh I like anime and I like you know D&D I like fantasy Mm -hmm. I always hated that like people made fun of me for that so like I respect Eddie for being like I'm myself I like this and fuck anyone who's like that's stupid you know what I'm saying 100 percent. yeah yeah so I think part of it is his writing and part of it it really boils down to Joseph Quinn because if it was anybody else based on everything that I have seen from the amount of like work they did casting him 
if it was anybody else, it he wouldn't have been a likable character. Bringing it back to Robert Pattinson, can you imagine if it was like <laughs> Robert Pattinson? <laughs> oh, people would instantly be triggered by that footage. Oh I feel like. my god! Now I'm just picturing like Edward Cullen. <laughs> yeah, on because the every character, <laughs> every character he plays is so broody. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god! I'm just like thinking of other actors that if you put them in that role, if they would have done a good job. I think maybe Jamie Campbell Bower would have done a good job, but he just doesn't fit that role in my opinion. No, like there's a reason that he got the role that he did. Like Jamie Campbell Bower mm-hmm. is very good at dark characters. Yes. Um, clearly. Um, he's fucking incredible in, yes. in season four. He's just phenomenal. And he's in all of his roles. He's like that. He does a lot of dark roles. Well, he's like three characters in one in season four. He's technically four. He's technically really? four, yeah, because he, because the orderly is technically a Peter. So, oh, okay, yeah, okay, so which I didn't catch until recently. I, I caught that in an interview. The interviewer was like, "Oh, and you're Peter," and I was like, "Fuck, it's Peter." <laughs> so, what are the four? So it's it's so Henry. It's which Henry, is the little boy. Yeah, is technically who he is. So it's yeah. Henry, and then one, one, and then the orderly, which is Peter, and then oh, Becca. Okay. Yeah. And Vecna. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so the next thing about Eddie Munson <laughs> on my list is his banter with Stephen Dustin. I think is so cute oh my God. <laughs> and so funny. And I promise I won't sing that Reba song. <laughs> I will not burn everyone's ear holes out with that Reba song. <laughs> oh my god oh my god steve and his single motherness his he's a single mom he works too hard he loves his kids and he never stops (laughs) and whoever whoever put the two and two together whoever put that song with steve uh, uh, i need to know you that is the comedy gold of the century for me it's so good (laughs) It makes me laugh every single time. It's truly such a wonderful dynamic. The Steve, Eddie, Dustin thing. I I could go on. I could go on about this. Steve's character is so interesting to me. He's obviously, we know, I, you know how I feel about Steve Harrington. Obsessed. obsessed. I also love Steve. I'm not as obsessed with Steve as I am with Eddie, but I do yeah. love Steve a lot. Yeah, I would honestly say, and this is a, this is a hot take, this is, this is a hot take, everybody. <laughs> Steve is my favorite character, not Eddie Munson. There, I said it. Wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, okay. The reason, hold on. The reason that I'm so obsessed with Eddie Munson is because his character is so interesting and there's so many theories, but Steve's still my favorite character. Wow. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. I... I can see that. I can see that sentiment. We've had a lot more time with Steve. That's for yes, sure. Yes. And we've seen Steve kind of grow up as a person, not just from being a teen to being a young adult, but he has to deal with his own issues and he kind of grows up a lot in the last yes. few seasons. Yes. So I can see that, but I'm holding firm on that Eddie Munson is my favorite character. <laughs> Well, I just like, I like talking about Eddie in the context of Steve. Um, something I see a lot 
because a lot of where, where our talking points are going to come from eventually is from like TikToks and stuff. Um, I feel like that's our main source of like, yeah fan media <laughs> and fact checking. Don't worry. Yes, yes, but I see a lot of people do character analyses on Eddie and Steve, and I see them compared to each other a lot. Obviously, like that's probably the biggest ship in the show right now, other than maybe like Byler. Oh, yeah. Um, is Steve and Eddie, but I see their actual character development and character arcs being compared all the time. And it's so mm. interesting to look at Steve's character because his was completely derailed from the original plot, which I learned recently. That's true. I didn't know that either until you yeah. told me. <laughs> yeah, because he, it, for those of you who don't know, he was originally supposed to die, according to Natalia D- D- Dyer. What the fuck is Nancy's... Whoever plays Nancy, I forget her name. Yeah, yeah. Neither of us really I like. I think Nancy, you're correct. So we. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah, get ready for some Nancy bashing. Up in yeah, here. get ready for the Wheeler hate. Um, <laughs> we yeah, have both Wheeler of the Wheelers. <laughs> Don't get me started on their mom too. That's a different episode. Oh my but... god, that's a whole thing. Anyway, and their dad, their their whole family is like something. The only one that's normal is Holly, and she is a literal like baby, basically. <laughs> She hasn't yeah. had time to become a piece of shit yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Give give her a minute. Give her a minute. She'll get there. Um, yeah. No, but anyways. Um, <laughs> so in an interview, Natalia said that uh, Steve was supposed to die originally. Um, I don't know what um, season he was supposed to die in, like what the context of that was. I believe it would make sense to me that it would be se- season two that he was supposed to die. But Joe Keery was so likable and... Um, the brothers became so obsessed with him that they decided not to kill off his character. <laughs> and so, so that's when Bob died. So maybe he was supposed to die in a similar way. To, maybe. maybe I don't know. A replacement or something. I don't know. Maybe. Weird. But, you know, either way. But his character development is some of the most interesting in the show because he starts off season one. He is this. In his, in his own words, the jerky boyfriend. The jerky boyfriend. The jerky boyfriend, <laughs> according to Joe Keery. <laughs> and then we see him in season two and he's still kind of the jerky boyfriend and then and then and then dustin happens dustin henderson happens and this is where it all just like falls into place it all becomes it all falls into place it all comes to fruition i saw tiktok today not to derail i saw tiktok today i think i sent it to you um and it was uh basically a skit and it (laughs) It was Steve talking about his his journey to becoming a single mother. Um, and he basically says that he was an unwilling babysitter. And then he found out that he liked babysitting. And then he adopted six kids, which is like the perfect it's, like, and synopsis. Now you're caught home. up with Stranger Things. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, literally, that's, that's what you missed. Um, so I see... His, his character development is like the most drastic in the show I would say and so a lot of people compare him to Eddie's character development that is incredibly drastic over the course of such a short period of time 20 minutes of screen 20 time. he gets 20 minutes total of screen time She's which is like nothing. nothing that's nothing that's so little screen time that's less screen time than Robin got in season three Oh yeah, because you gave me all the details. I did. I have the time. I have the stats on all of their screen time. Not pulled up at the moment. We can get yeah, into that. Yeah, we can get but, into that in a different episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's interesting that like they were able to achieve with Eddie Munson what they achieved with Steve over the course of three seasons in 20 minutes. 
Yeah, that's insanity to me. Like, and and it's even more than not not that Eddie's more important than Steve. I'm not saying that, but the way that people have gone wild over Eddie is even more so than they went wild over Steve. Oh yeah, and it's like, and this man only had 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah, imagine yeah. if we had had like an hour of screen time the world would be in flames right oh my God. over this man the, the apocalypse would happen yeah the upside down would be the portal would be opening actively as we speak <laughs> so i wanted to get into this especially i mean we don't have to get into my last point we can save that for a different day but i wanted to get into this point which you brought up which made me think about it which was another reason why eddie munson is such a great character is satanic panic and why Mm. he was the perfect character to combat those propagandas oh interesting so i want to hear well first of all i didn't know there was a word for satanic panic um just because i didn't until you mentioned it and then i went on a tirade and like was googling stuff so i did not know that was a thing um i knew a little bit about it i knew like my mom still has like these uh, again with my mother still has like these built-in moments of this like D is scary and it's like it's almost as bad as like playing with a ouija board or something like oh really yeah so like i did not know that that was a thing um until i was googling it and so my thoughts on eddie and why he was such a perfect idea for this is because to me eddie's character is so pure mm. um he's just he's so like kind because like in that first moment you you know you're seeing his over exaggerated like ego in the cafeteria mm-hmm. but then all the other moments you get with him even though he's sassy and like <laughs> kind of like the cool guy or whatever like the cool freak guy like every other moment he's like so pure with Dustin and the other kids and even with Steve even when he's like you don't know who Ozzy Osbourne like it's all just like he just seems like the most genuine person so I thought Mm -hmm. that was the perfect character to kind of combat those ideals because it's like he's genuinely he seems like such a nice person yeah it's it's cool that you bring that up as something that you personally analyzed I mean obviously like you figured out what satanic panic was but like it's really cool that you did your own analysis on that and then came to that conclusion that he is like such a very nice positive like can do no wrong wholesome character yeah but is representing like the satanic panic thing within the town because canonically his character the whole reason his character actually exists is because the Duffer brothers wanted to touch on satanic panic that's the whole that was the whole basis for his character that's crazy to me yeah yeah so that's really cool that you bring that up because it literally achieved the exact purpose that they wanted because this whole time they, they said in a couple of interviews I have to go back and look at which ones but they've said in interviews that the reason Eddie Munson exists like the reason they wanted his character was because they always wanted to address the satanic panic because D&D is such a big part of the show that's so wild because like yeah. I literally didn't know that was a thing Mm-hmm. um like well I knew it was a thing like I knew that people were scared of D&D mm-hmm. I knew that I didn't know that there was a word attached to it or like a yeah. phrase attached to it yeah um and 
obviously like I said my mom told me a little bit about it but that's so cool that like that was their whole purpose because I think maybe you mentioned that before but it probably slipped my brain Mm -hmm. but that's so interesting to me that that was like the whole purpose of his character which seems a little bit sad to me it it is sad it is it's sad but it's very cool what they did with it like the way that they were able to bring that across you know well so they achieved what they set out yeah yeah yeah, they and that shows the mastery of the Duffer brothers at what they do like it's it's very very cool wow wow that's crazy um so any other thoughts on satanic panic before we end this episode um or anything else that we need to bring up about eddie munson let's see um i don't know i could talk for hours and hours and hours on joseph quinn's we have a whole season. No, I'm just kidding. We, we have a whole season. We have a whole season of yeah. pretty much just Eddie Munson, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, that is something that I wanted to touch on is where the podcast is going from here. So we covered okay. in this, in the initial episode in the pilot, we obviously introduced ourselves what the podcast is kind of going to be on like a large scale level. Yeah. Um, we kind of introduced the show. We talked about what the show as a whole does well. We talked about Eddie Monson, who is our current hyperfixation. Yeah. Um, so moving into further episodes, what I wanted to just kind of touch on what we're doing and why it's going to be very Eddie-centric. Okay. Do you want me to explain or would you like to explain? Um, do to you, the do listener. You, do you have some thoughts? I have a list up of like the episode list. and like um, So I guess uh, just to boil it down, basically we've been doing separate amounts of research Um, And we're going to go into the different theories surrounding Eddie's death and his possible resurrection. Yes. Yes. We are, we are strong. Eddie's coming back truthers. Yes. (laughs) Um, Uh, And nothing you can say can change my mind. (laughs) No, no, literally nothing. I, I, even once season five comes out, if he doesn't come back in season five, I'm still not going to be convinced. (laughs) Yeah. I I would be convinced at that point that there would be another season to bring him back. Yeah. yeah 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 it's it's deep for me at this point (laughs) it's it's so deep it's the reason that we started the podcast ultimately is yeah it's because of the theories yeah and there's so many of them like there's so many facets to it yeah it we were gonna talk so I wanted to touch on like uh the different parts we're gonna get into so like the Duffer brothers using you you know books so like Eddie makes a lot of Lord of the Rings references and yeah. so we're gonna in one episode we'll go into the Lord of the Rings and the connections and then you know they use music pretty heavily and so in another yeah. episode we're gonna go heavily into music and why that's connecting to all the different theories and stuff yeah so basically we're doing a lot a lot of hard work and research so that you don't have to <laughs> yes um, so... and then we'll have fact-checking segments because if you're anything like me and I'm old and I get hoodwinked by these TikToks who claim to be the season five script. And it had me screaming until we fact checked it. And then yeah. it's not, it's not real. Until guys. I said, sorry, I burst, I'm bursting your bubble. Yeah. Um, um, and if thing. you needed to know, they just went into the writer's room like two yes. days ago. <laughs> that is some big news right now is the, uh, the writer's room. I don't know if you saw, not to derail the conversation a little bit, but I saw a TikTok today. Um, if you look at the five, the, cause you can see on their little whiteboard thing. Um, yeah. We can post this on our Instagram. If you don't okay. know what we're talking about. Um, I will definitely be on that in like 2.5 seconds. 
but if you look at the whiteboard and you look at the five there is like a little triangle that looks like a fang at the corner of the five stop it right now no someone made a tiktok and they were and they were like they were like that's interesting and I guess the girl the girl got like a ton of hate they were like you're really kind of like that's a little bit of a stretch don't you think and she was like nothing is a stretch in this universe nothing is a stretch in this universe nothing no oh we didn't even mention that we were going to talk about the cast theory which I think is you have the episode list so is that I do so we're going to do two parts on the cast theory um episode two so next week is going to be the first part, which is um, Vecna-centric. So we're going to talk about Vecna. Yes. And, and we're going to deep dive into D&D and then yes. lead into Vecna and then get into the cast theory. Then get into like cast in relation to Eddie. Um, yeah. And so why that's the most plausible in my opinion. It's the, mo- it's the most plausible. I've got, two, I've got two big theories that I think are the most plausible. And that's, that's, my, uh, that's my hope, at least, is the cast Eek. theory. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well, we are running out of time, and I think we should probably end it here. End it here. And we'll be back next week for another episode. And like we just said, we're going to be talking about Vecna. So if you're excited to listen to our deep dives on D&D and Vecna, we're going to get into that Vecna as the Lord himself would. We're going to get into the Vecna Deep into the Vecna Deep into the Vecnessy, right, right up Vecna's bum cheeks, according to Jamie <laughs> Campbell Bauer, because he has no idea what a Vecnessy is. No idea. Oh man, poor baby. <laughs> bless his sweet, sweet <laughs> British heart. Sweet, sweet British. Oh, bless him. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, anyways, we will see y'all next week, and stay tuned for more things. I'm Sky. I'm Emily. And this is Binged and Unhinged.